This is Audio Gyan, and I am your host Kedar Nimkar. Welcome to a deep dive into the minds of luminaries from the Indian creative world. In the age of ten-minute delivery, our today's guest is working for ten years or maybe more time to deliver. <laughs> uh, we have Shiti Chandan with us on Audio Gyan. He wears many hats. On professional front, he works at Paytm as Associate Vice President Design. He's an investor and founder of Suchak, an edtech startup. He also co-founded Kare Keba Ventures, along with few others, to invest in startup ecosystem in Bihar. He also has a cohort-based course on system thinking for product builders. On a personal front, he's an educator and has been teaching in multiple colleges and schools. But over and above, today we are here to discuss a case study with him, which made me very curious about Happy Horizons. Chitish is a chairman of board of Happy Horizons Trust. It engages in design thinking, participatory learning, community-based learning, and alternative education interventions to improve the quality of school education in India. Currently, forty people organization works with seventy-five schools in rural Bihar, outreaching an approximately thirty-five thousand students. Let's, without further introduction. Uh, let's welcome Chitij. Chitij, welcome to Audio Gyan. It's a real, real pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much, uh, Kedar. Thank you for this opportunity. Really excited to be here. Awesome. So yeah, as I mentioned, I've I've put all the show notes, as in all the links in the show notes, mm-hmm. for people to deep dive. And this sort of Audio Gyan is more of a case study where I wanted to deep dive into Happy Horizon Trust. क्या बनाते हो तुम्हारे कुछ फ्रेमवर्क है रेडी प्रोग्राम एक ऑन द फ्लाई भी सोचा था विच विल कम टू विच इज अबाउट इंक्लूसिव लर्निंग वर्सेज या वील विल गेट देर बट इट्स इज मेनली टू डॉक्यूमेंट हैप्पी और स्टार्टिंग एट अ वेरी मेटा लेवल डिजाइन वर्किंग एट मल्टीपल स्केल मल्टीपल रीजन्स मल्टीपल यूजर कोहॉट्स Uh, like what's what's your definition of design and how has it changed over time especially after uh, happy horizon trust and other initiatives surely yeah so um, that's a very weighted question uh, of course um, you know over the past uh, 20 years of being in the design industry uh, it's almost like that's one question that keeps evolving you know with, with passing by years right and it's like what is design or what is a designer there are multiple ways to look at it and i do feel that over the years that has evolved considerably right from you know starting your job uh, as a ui designer to then you know starting to build teams to understand uh, how do you really understand the notion of working together with other teams uh, building uh, organizations from scratch uh, in the for profit sector setting up a design school teaching people teaching students so kind of wide range of things and i think at the end of the day where my understanding of design really kind of stops at or kind of you know kind of pinpoints to is this notion of adding value right and you know adding value when it comes to problem solving uh, adding value to the stakeholders that you end up you know interacting with and serving so for me it's design is a lot about service uh, and the fact that you are always with your design you're serving people because it's always about the people at the end of the day right so they would they need to be pleased, uh, pleased with what you're offering that offering could be anything right it could be a product design it could be a simple thing like a poster i remember doing a work for a politician as well so you, know, you kind of delivered design in different formats but at the end of the day uh, design to me is something that solves a problem and really adds value to the different stakeholders and that i think you know uh, over the years as i slowly slowly start to explore newer areas of application of design 
know, right from the nonprofit to the investment space to setting up more and more organizations, I feel much, much more, you know, kind of like passionate about that particular aspect of design, the ability to add value and solve a problem. Mm-hmm. But has it so? So it typically I have this classic uh, quote which I keep referring to, which is in the beginning it everything looks the same, and then you are in sort of like the discovery mode, mm-hmm. and in the end you again land up, which is similar to the starting one, but it's a different perception altogether. So yeah. so uh, while dealing with Happy Horizon Trust or or the the hospital that you're building, mm-hmm. have, has these changed at a tactical level? And then when you zoom out, yeah, it's problem solving. But when you yeah. zoomed in state, has yeah. it solved or any nuances there? Yeah, absolutely. So I think you know it does change you, right? Like with every engagement that you end up doing, you are a different person altogether. Right? And I do feel that uh, you know over the years of working in the Happy Horizons ecosystem, and you mentioned hospital. Hopefully, we'll get time to talk about that as well. But you know, when you look at the entire, uh, every time you do an intervention, every time you interact with somebody, there are certain aspects of design which you know you kind of work at the very granular level, right? So it's all about, for example, you know, design being about pixel perfect design, or design being all about uh, making sure that designs are good, aesthetically good as well. So while problem solving is good, but those principles of design that you keep learning along the way gets applied every time and again, right? So the context keeps changing, but the principles remain the same, and the foundational principles gets applied. So if I design, let's say, a, a poster for you know communicating with a mass in rural India, there's no reason why it should not be a good, very well-designed you know, poster, right? So it, there's no reason why it should not be, right? Or, or, or let's example, you know, uh, take, a, take the hospital or any project that we're taking. So I do feel the aspects of design that you end up learning along the way, you know, through the different projects that you end up doing at the very microscopic level when you add these things. And then when you're working at a very macroscopic level which is that you know society change you know that large-scale problems wicked problems that we talked about um those principles still come in handy there as well right so you then build an entire team around that which basically then starts to believe in the same philosophies of design and then work together with you mm-hmm. interesting cool so so yeah the topic of the day like what what is happy horizons and also if you can add why like you thought of building as a trust shall we yeah, so Happy Horizons, uh, interestingly, is uh, it's it's a nonprofit organization uh, that we started uh, ten years ago, uh, two thousand twelve itself, and thirtieth uh, March is actually our you know tenth anniversary of it being. Uh, wow, it's going uh, on. Wow, what yeah, a coincidence! So it's going live on thirtieth yeah, March. Yeah, so basically awesome. that's the day of our uh, you know uh, foundation day. And uh, what's very interesting is you know when I moved back from the US after doing my masters, you know, my masters thesis topic was around the notion of uh, design for social impact, right and it's kind of very interesting because, you know, you are in a school which is, you know, pioneer in interaction design and user experience design. And you you end up choosing a topic which is very different, uh, very unlike what any of the professors had ever heard before, right? design for social impact. And uh, being so kind of um, assured about the fact that you want to use what you learned in actually applying into problem solving in, in India, right? Or in thing. So, so in fact, my grad project or grad school project was one of the inspirations for me to come back to India immediately after master's. And then, you know, we were toying in this idea of how do you set it up, right? Like how you really, I believe fundamentally that I wanted to do something. Uh, so we set up uh, Happy Horizons Trust uh, as a non-profit organization because there were two reasons behind it. One was, uh, you know, being able to just, uh, you know, dedicate some time of my, uh, from my, from my business schedule to really solve problems or work in problems, which really I felt was, Particularly in need of problem like good designers to solve, right? So it was essential to make sure that we ended up, you know, creating an initiative 
Then the question again, of course, you know, whether it's a non-profit or a for-profit setup that you are setting up, right? We set up Happy Residence Trust as a non-profit because we fundamentally believe that they, they would be probably some aspects like a private limited company, like Happy Residence Consulting, private limited or something, which can focus on the for-profit venture part of things. But then, you know, if you truly, truly want to you know, create impact at the society level, uh, you need to remove that earning money aspect from the very picture, right? So we kind of set it up as a trust because we said, let not the intent of doing good or let uh, you know get marred by the understanding of earning money as well from it right so different people have different ways of looking at it for us it was we wanted to be very clear about the fact that when we work in the space uh, in education and in with government schools and with the communities we literally do not want to have the anywhere right like since the past 10 years we have been kind of following that uh, to have the notion of earning money from it so that ways we were kind of very sure about the fact it was set up as a non-profit organization uh, obviously, there are some operational challenges with it, but you know that's a, that's for a different story altogether. But the fact that we wanted to set it up and uh, the name is kind of very uh, interesting. Uh, interestingly, happy is Anand and Horizons is Shitej, right? So my name actually is what it is. But the story behind it is, you know, I actually, uh, you know, when when Flickr was a thing, I had my Flickr handle called Happy Horizons, right? And that stuck around with me because. I use that to become a, you know, when I was doing a lot of photography, when I was, you know, kind of, you know, traveling around the country, doing presentations, doing workshops on photography. And that was kind of way in which I was able to connect to the society as well. So it kind of was an extension from there to say that, you know, I had already been connecting with society and with people using that, uh, that name. And then when we wanted to set up the nonprofit, we said, let's just call it Happy Resonance Trust and just build on from there. So, yeah, it's been like, 10 years uh, in the journey, but I mean, we're just like, as we say, you know, we're just kind of starting to go even better now. So there, there are so many threads that are connecting here because I started with 10 minute delivery and 10 years were just like playing on the same words. <laughs> and and I, I was not aware that it, it, it will finish 10 years. Great. Yeah. Congratulations on that. Yeah. So, so, and you said social impact. What made you think that we should start from rural India? Yeah, I mean, like, see, there is always, you know, as I always feel that there are always these uh, choices that we have, right? Like, we can always uh, uh, decide where you want to work or where you want to channelize your energies towards, right? So, um, like, even when you wanted to set up a non-profit and work in non-profit, even though we registered in in uh, South like Karnataka, I was in Bangalore at that point in time, but we knew that, you know, within the country also, there are certain pockets which really needs our attention or which needs our interventions. Right? Because, how, how did you find out them? How did you find them? So, one, of course, you do your research in terms of finding out you know, stuff. One, of course, because I am from Bihar originally, so that helped in, you know, because you're already familiar growing up, the problems of society on, that exist on the society level, the challenges that exist out there, uh, the possibilities of intervention, right? And, and I'm saying intervention purely from a social impact perspective, as well as obviously, there is the business opportunity that exists. But for us, it was a lot about, you know, trying to do something which where we know that you know uh, there is a demand for it or there's a need for it rather right because people would not know what they need right so uh, if you can at least understand what people need and then be able to create something around that right so for us it was being able to uh, we, we explored a lot of things right so we explored the notions of uh, you know healthcare we uh, this is back in 2012 itself right uh, we explored the notions of healthcare we understood like you know uh, social structures Bihar was going through a very interesting political transition between you know the Lalu era and the Nitish Kumar era and you know the roads were being built you know like literally like villages were having electricity for the first time right and you know we were like kind of trying to say what can be done and after a lot of you know so-called research we spent a lot of time in the fields so I would come back from the US I was doing like 
running my own first uh, startup for my own studios i had time in the world i literally used to just travel you know as a bachelor as well i had like you know just got married uh, so we were still like very like, you know we didn't have kids and all so we were just you know traveling literally around village to village communities to communities you know towns to towns and trying to understand you know, what area should we start our intervention in and what we really boiled down to was this notion that you know at the end of the day it all boils down to the lack of education right the fact that there is no good exposure or education at that grassroots level which kind of doesn't even you know convince somebody to think about the things that we talk about on a day to day life right? so that's where we said you know let's start with education first and then again we drill down a little bit deeper into saying that okay where does because the education itself you look at a very wide broad spectrum right like from you know the, the early childhood education to you know post college to upskilling to continuing education to it's a very wide spectrum right and he said you know you might want to think about uh, creating impact in society but then if your foundations of the people itself are kind of not very strong right like whatever you build on top of that is going to be very shaky right so he said let's try to focus on strengthening primary school education because that's where if the foundations can be strong right the children who come to schools if you can start from there uh, then the chances are that you know their their foundations are better and they'll be able to you know learn better and they get better exposure and stuff and then even within that you know we started to and this is again taking the all the references from like how we do in design right like go deep into the problem and try to understand you know you ask the why you ask the why you ask the why and you really go to the root of root cause of the problem and then when we said primary school education is like why is it that children are because primary school education is an age where children should really have fun in education right but if you go to probably 90% of schools in india today that's actually the contrary right children in that age actually don't have fun in school right which they should actually be having fun um so we said why is it that children don't have fun it's because you know children are never engaged in that way to have fun right? because the teachers are not equipped and obviously that's a different problem altogether at a very systemic level so we said okay what would it take for us to you know um, engage with children in primary schools and we said you know around the world universally children love stories so let's just start telling stories to children right? and that was a basic foundation which we started uh, go to school you know engage with the uh, principal and the school management ask them for permission to tell stories to children right and literally like you would just start telling stories to children and we realized that you know just by telling stories to children the engagement level became so high the children would literally come back to school so attendance level went high and things like that because children were so excited to hear a story in the school right like, and those kind of interventions wow. we started and eventually you know we then said okay it cannot be just me running around school after school and we set up a different program the daddy program which i'll talk about in just a while uh to say that okay can we extend this to more people in the society who can do this so the whole system thing that eventually happened so but yeah i think you know for us uh, what's really essential is uh, to be able to say you know how we started and then how we are right now obviously it's been a long journey in the making and uh, hopefully we'll get to cover more of those things um, as we speak along as well yeah it's it's awesome awesome and and if you can also highlight some bit of the real india which is far away from this oh. 10 minute delivery startups because um, i don't want to classify happy horizon as another startup because it's it has got something more to it right. so can you like just to set context because who are these people you are dealing with yeah. and what are their aspirations and when the why was unfolding when you landed up like was there a yeah in a cliche term product market fit or not and what what were these stories also were they were yeah, they yeah. because just yesterday i happened to listen to one like a slow interview by nilesh mishra uh-huh. uh unhone unke beti ko school se nikal diya like he he said like don't go to that school it's it's i think one of the best schools in lucknow because she's 6 years and she drew giraffe in multiple colors 
and the teacher sent a mess, uh, letter saying boss please mind your child wo galat ja rahi hai and he got pissed off like yaar ye kya chal raha hai like so so yeah i can see a lot of uh, layers there you want to talk about like what is this real india or yeah. like sure. which we are dealing with at least yeah i think you know one of the thing that i have been fortunate to is to spend a lot of time in rural india in fact uh, you know i don't know if that's the real india person because we have india is a mixture of multiple you know countries and there's yeah. many layers to it right? but the kind of areas that we work with right just to give you a simple example right i'll give some numbers and right? that probably set things in context better right so the female literacy rate in that region is about less than 50% right like about uh, this is like at least in the towns and if we go to smaller like the communities the villages that we work that's about like 30% right like the national average is about 70% so you can imagine that right mm. per capita income wise when you look at let's say uh, national average being about you know a lakh and a half rupees to one like 70000 rupees delhi is about 3 like 25000 rupees bihar as a state is about 50000 rupees to 60000 rupees per capita income that's like about 60000 rupees people earn in a year and the communities where we work with that's about 25000 rupees so about like 2000 rupees to 2500 rupees uh people earn in a month uh that's the you know like the you know on a economic spectrum that you can you know you can place the kind of thing right the communities where we work is um flooded by uh the rivers of the kosi river the the waters of the river the kosi river right so it's like uh, almost every year there is uh, summer vacations for about two months in may and june july the school starts august the school starts september is washed out by floods october the is washed out by festivals november you have classes december and january is too cold to have classes right february you have classes march is exams right and then there is you know break so it's like literally for the whole year schools have like literally like four to five months of you know education and uh, the rest of time it's like for something or the other and then the schools that remain open majority of them are single teacher schools uh and those teachers also then have to go and do duties for you know some election or the other it could be panchayat election hai kabhi ye selection hai kabhi wo selection hai kabhi you know something or the other right so many times what happens is the schools exist because government you know when the first time nitish government came in and when there was uh, you know the right to education was being implemented building schools was not a problem a lot of schools were built the physical infrastructure was built and then you had the right to education which also said that you should give midday meals to children so children started coming to schools and you would be surprised yeah. to know that when we did this very interesting survey with almost like 100 200 children saying that why do you come to school the majority answer was we come to school for the food not for the teaching or not for yeah. the learning right yeah. and that's the that's the end of we work with right where suddenly you realize that is it what we dealing with is it an education problem or is it a hunger problem right are we trying to solve for food hunger because people are hungry right and then you know then a child has a choice to whether go to attend the school or go and help his parents in some sort of a work he would choose the later because for them food comes better than like for like you know at a higher priority than you know a basically a thing right um, education so all these complexities of the layers of society that we work i think it's it's important to obviously we cannot categorize or you know kind of um, say that these are specific thing but you have to understand the complexities of the system in its totality right it's not that you can just segregate one and say okay i'm going to solve for this right and that's that's something that we have also realized that the more time you spend the more layers of this complex society that you actually uncover right and then it also i feel that you know it makes you very humble uh, as a designer which is what you know i have constantly been really uh, you know like uh, it has impacted me as a person right so for me i'm like okay ha theek hai yaar 
जब ऐसे नहीं चल रहा है तो कौन सी बड़ी बात है पंखा तो चल रहा है पंखा नहीं चल तो कोई बात नहीं छाया तो है छाया नहीं तो कोई बात नहीं पेड़ तो है so you kind of you know start it starts to impact you the kind of things that you you know start believing in and things like that also from a perspective of it's just that uh, i do feel that you know i often advise a lot of people to you know whenever you get a chance you should just go and at least visit them you don't have to work there you just go and visit them because it's just about you know exposing yourself to the fact fact that yeah. you know, there exists this this india that we all we are talking about uh, and we have to do something about it right it's not that we cannot do anything we just be in our uh zoned out you know ac rooms so i think for me it has been that humbling uh, experience of being able to uh, work with that you know being very conscious about that be very mindful about the existence of its uh, of its existence and then obviously the work that you do otherwise is kind of you know uh, there but then that kind of keeps you you know motivated also from time to time wow it's very moving yaar yeah. very moving kyunki mm-hmm. one interview with uh, geetanjali kulkarni mm-hmm. uh, she is an actor but she also engages in education in uh, the rural parts of maharashtra mm-hmm. and she even she said ki ye jo pm ki yojana hai not to glorify the pm but yeah jo yojana hai from the government of one meal a day i think that has moved the needle in terms of people coming to schools coming to least. school yeah 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 these these adivasi children have never seen like a blank a4 size paper in their mm-hmm. life and imagine you giving a crayon with it yeah they just like it just makes them yeah. fly yeah yeah beautiful let's take a short break here we'll be right back Okay, welcome back to the show. Yeah, so coming to Happy Horizons, can you share a few details about like what are these small initiatives mm-hmm. or or sub initiatives within Happy Horizons? Like Project uh, Jagriti hai, Jigyasa hai, sure. uh, and also if you can talk about the Ready program, right? क्या है ये Rethinking Education and Development of Youth yeah. program. तो ये क्या programs हैं? ये like how do they work? Uh, how are they mobilized? what you are doing currently in them like just architecting you talked about fellowship also so yeah, uske bare yeah. mein thoda pata kare yeah yeah so i think you know again uh, you know it started with a very simple uh, thing right like saying that project jagriti was yaar we just want to you know awaken the children by telling them stories right so jagriti was more about that and it started very simply by saying that you know we want to engage with children in primary school and we want to make sure that we engage with them through stories so it was all about you know you know their awakening just making them aware about the fact that you know somebody from outside will come and tell them what this world you know that uh, i remember in my very early one of my early days of storytelling i used to ask them about like ask me any questions like right? random questions someone asked me you know ki amitabh bachchan se mile ho kya and you know and they ask me like you know rocket kya hota hai so the kind of curiosity that kids have right so we thought you know can we create an avenue for you know kids to have these kind of conversations uh, storytelling being being the initial intervention that we started with and then obviously um, we said you know that this is at the primary school level right so project jagriti was a lot about the awakening at that primary school level in children using storytelling and then that got extended a little bit towards you know not just storytelling but then there's a bit of activity based learning as well right and uh, then we had uh, initially it was me and my wife watsala uh, who were basically you know doing the storytelling in schools Uh, and my staff members you know and in the organization we just had one person vinay who's been with us for almost like 10 years now um, you know he also literally grown with us and um, we said oh this is not scalable right because we cannot do this ourselves everywhere like this schools will grow the number of schools will grow so we cannot you know start this right uh, we do not do this ourselves 
So we started a youth development uh, program called the Youth Leadership Development Program because we said if all it requires to engage children is to tell them stories and you know engage in some fun activities on you know uh, painting and you know drawing and crafts and all the things that we do as designers, right? Just have fun with prototyping and all these things, uh, leveraging paper material, local level materials, clay, play-doh, all these things. Um, if we can train this youth in the society who themselves are hungry for some kind of a you know, kind of intervention to help them also grow, right? So we started the program, the Youth Leadership Development Program, which is a fellowship model for high school girls. And uh, interestingly, we have a very strict, like, six-stage process for the selection to this fellowship, right? Which is kind of very crazy because, you know, typically you think, you know, let's just get people, right? But then, you know, we started with basic thing, right? And, and you won't believe, but the very basic thing that we started assessing them was ability to read. Like these are like high school students. The majority of them cannot even read a single paragraph of text, right? It's also because many of them have gone through that same education system, right? They've just passed the education system and gone to a stage completely clueless, right? So we started with simple things like reading. So reading assessment was stage one. Writing assessment is stage two. I'll give them a topic to write. Uh, then we make them do a, you know, um, a group discussion on a certain topic. Then we give them an extempore topic to basically do public speaking. Then we do their personal interviews and then we do their family interview, which is very interesting. You know, how parents keep interviewing? And these are all girls who have probably never stepped out of their homes after grade eight. Because you know, grade eight ke baad, hai ki you stay at home. You don't like go to school. Because exam then you school, jate ho, right? And so these parents really like get like shocked when we tell them ki, inko jo hai, they have to go to primary schools and tell stories to children. Right? They're like, you know, but why? And we what we did was we built this entire fellowship program around the 21st century skills for youth, right? Which is basically, you know, skills on uh, commu uh, communication development, creative development, critical thinking, collaborative thing, leadership, right? So we said, here's this set of youth whom we have in the society who needs to be developed because they are the future of this country, right? Imagine if you have this, I mean, the reason why we have so many upskilling programs in the country is because of the country is full of youths who don't have that kind of um, skill uh, base, right? So we started a program for them. And as a part of which we said, one of your key things that you will get your trainings and you'll get your stipends and scholarships and everything. But what you will need to do every week on week is to go back to the primary school, which is in your vicinity of your house and basically tell stories to children, right? So what we for the youth fellows, we developed a fellowship program. So we designed a fellowship program, which kind of started to map their development skills over a period of two to three years. So within a period of two to three years, how does a fellow develop? Like, just like saying, like how we do employee development program, our team members develop growth metrics. Similarly, we design the growth metrics for these, you know, youth girls, you know, things like public speaking, presenting yourself, going and doing meetings with like a completely unknown community, going to a different town to go and, you know, engage with the community whom we have never been there before and things like that. So their development, we have a matrix, like what we evaluate. And for the children, we said, because we want to emphasize more on their holistic development at the primary school, you need to strengthen foundational years of learning. Uh, we said, uh, we're going to focus five levels of, uh, we're going to look at five areas of development for children. Like one is your uh, cognitive level of development, uh, language skills development, motor skills development, interpersonal social skills, and eventually your critical thinking as well, right? So five, for five areas of development, which we looked at. And we started to, you know, build this together. So this was basically the, the ready project, right? So rethinking education and development of youth together, right? So you're leveraging the potential of the youth 
towards you know making uh, foundation years of learning it's, we call it we call it the ready project it's like you know we are making the youth ready for the future and we are making the children ready for you know the future in the education as well so just so that they don't drop out because again the dropout is a huge problem right class 5 mein bachche aate hain dropout hote hain class 8 mein dropout hote hain class 10 mein dropout hote hain class 12 mein dropout hote hain so if you look at let's say 100% 100 other 100 child enters the school in uh, you know uh, at 6 years of age only 30 of them actually finish grade 10 right so 70% of them drop out so uh, and those are real challenges that we face right so again even if you're able to say that you know in this school out of 50 children 40 of them were able to maintain attendance and you know come regularly you do feel that that's a you know huge win for you right so yeah that those are kind of basic programs then we had this very interesting understanding that you know um, we started to leverage a lot more of um, uh, activity based learning into our programs right so uh, because we do believe that you know the schools are there the teachers are there to give you the syllabus related learning and for the children to have fun you know if i go and teach the syllabus again uh, they're going to you know just kind of get like nahi karna hai right so their intention interest motivation will not be there so very consciously by design we made sure that these girls get trained on you know sessions like you know origami sessions like you know uh, doodling sketching you know leveraging colors rangoli making every festival is celebrated you know kite making so all these activities driven thing and children just love it right and you know very recently so this year we're just finishing off some of our fellows are uh, basically uh, graduating right uh, 24th april we have our graduation day it's our annual day as well and uh, few of them were just sharing stories saying that how children get so emotional because they're like you know now who's going to come and do these sessions with us because you know you will be going from the school so so i do feel that you know again when you start to look at that systemic level you understand that there are so many areas of intervention right like the areas of intervention with the girl so there is that you know layer of empowering that girl there is that layer of you know she having to fight with her family to allow her to go and attend a meeting uh, she feeling very uh, financially independent because she gets a stipend of 2500 rupees which is more than a family income sometimes right and it's like you know for her to feel that i can actually be something be able to buy her own phone do her own mobile recharge hugely you know empowering feelings right and then she being able to after graduation we've had a lot of our girls go and you know join schools as teachers you know join other non profit organizations as you know employees and stuff that's where you feel that you know you are also setting them up you know making them ready for the entire thing right for the entire life ahead of them so yeah multiple interventions also one other intervention which we did very interestingly was to also start to engage with teachers because at the end of the day you know fellows are great but then you know the existing teachers also needs to be empowered so we started this uh, uh program for teachers training and leadership development uh which has been you know also you know gaining traction now that the schools have reopened after covid hopefully that will get more traction as well so yeah the goal is to engage with like all the different stakeholders in the system across different intervention points and basically design programs specifically for each of them and when you have that larger 30 30000 feet view system thinking view you know how they are all interconnected right like how one feeds into the other how the mm. other feeds into the other so that's something which is uh, consciously which is my part is like that's the while i'm really involved just making sure that these connections are maintained the fact that you know there are these independent teams that drive these programs on the ground but i am always at that level and I'm, of course i can go back to that level if i need to the the, the microscopic level but you know consciously so keeping there because you understand the larger system also context. in this context correct correct very very i i am short of words yaar like seriously bahut bahut zyada mehnat kiya life mein <laughs> you you stress a lot about activity based learning also yeah. so uh, and can you highlight uh, when you said that 100 mein se sirf 30 hi pass out ho rahe hain 
and I was reading one of your articles also about uh, entity theorists versus incremental theorists. So, uske baare mein thoda batao na ki like what is happening uh, and then what sort of intervention through design or through the systemic thinking that you're weaving yeah. and then in improving as we go along as opposed to the traditional school of learning. Yeah. Uske baare mein kuch. Yeah. So if you look at you know like this is one of my you know like uh, ideas that I've been going for quite some time. I do believe that when you think about uh, education per se, right? Uh, Uh, education has been uh, compartmentalized into syllabus right? if you look at the uh, like at least so i mean ha what the what to clear hai kyunki wo na like it so, was industrial revolution mein like obedience chahiye the log ha to wo wo so wo it was there right so it is it was designed accordingly and obviously it's a open book everybody understands that right? so we said you know there should be some way where the learning should be a lifelong process right and life learning can be a lifelong process if your curiosity towards learning is always there right and curiosity towards learning is always there when you do something which you enjoy doing and you learn out along the way so the learning is an outcome of that enjoyment of the activity right so it's not that you know you learn you have fun you have fun and then you learn right? so that's the mm-hmm. basic fundamental difference right so what we did was we started to think about uh, you know the notions of play as a very integral part of our activities and we said you know when we want to have fun uh, children should feel that you know this is natural to them because obviously children learn best naturally right so for them like play is a very natural way of learning uh, and then uh, when you think about you know the fact that you know learning is something which is a lifelong process which should not stop you know, just because the syllabus has got over right you should be able to take the notions of what you learned in the class apply it to your real world and take the learning from the real world and you know question in the class and then eventually that whole system evolves right otherwise what's happening is you know for sure right? like i think all of us know that uh it's all about you know there's this so called syllabus there's an exam it evaluates you for what you have learned and eventually what happens is people are all you know going after the rote learning so rote learning if you and because i have a strong interest in um, you know uh, cognitive development of children right i and i have two children as well so i keep experimenting a lot of these things with my own children as well right but i do believe that you know when you learn anything by uh, rote learning you're basically feeding into your short term memory right you're basically you know and short term memory has a finite capacity so you really don't uh, the moment your exams get over you fill it with something else so the previous what you had learned basically goes out of it right so the short term memory gets fed, fed in by your uh, rote learning whereas when you do experiential learning you're basically feeding into the long term memory long term memory is very deeply connected to your subconscious mind right so when you feed anything into the subconscious mind right or the long term memory that stays with you for much much longer period of time right so when you break down a learning from a rote learning perspective to a experience perspective what you basically doing is that experience is being distributed across long term memory across different parts of your brain so that you remember it at a very faint mention of something you remember it because suddenly your entire long long term memory will throw up that memory and you're basically able to recall all of those things right so sorry 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 to interrupt here but yaar main na thoda wo alag school se bhi aata hu guru shishya style mein ek ratta maarne ko bhi like it gets into your muscle memory also right yeah, so yeah. you have have any con- like this sounds very contradictory in nature right you build that muscle memory so for example and then you only evolve those sort of really important trigger point like meditation yeah. uh, or or physique fitness core development mm-hmm. those sort of things and then rest of the things you can learn at will wo bhi ek alag school hai ye thoda sa like tumko dikhta hai contradiction so i don't see a contradiction so there are some things which will obviously will be dependent on rote learning i'm not saying that you are dependent on entirely everything on you know purely mm-hmm. experiential learning so there will be certain things which you will learn initially 
But the goal is, you know, when you don't apply that learning into something, it just fades out. Right? So let's say, for example, if I asked you a lot of people, like if you ask me, we have studied a lot of physics, a lot of things. Now, if someone asks me, what are the 10 ways of you can apply electromagnetism in your life? Right? Like I would be clueless, right? Because I learned it at that time. I excelled at it. I cracked my J exams and I forgot about it, right? But if someone said to me, it's something which you can pick up in life and you know, can, you can actually apply it in these different ways. And here's a way of, you know, you can experiment and try out things. Probably the, you know, I would have remembered it for a long period of time and being more confident about it, you know, even let's say X years mm-hmm. down the line, right? Mm-hmm. So I do believe that, yes, initial syllabus and road learning is essential. I'm not saying it's kind of completely to do away with it. But then the emphasis has to become more towards the application of knowledge and the application of learning, which is where experiential learning really helps because you're able to apply that knowledge and then you're able to remember it for a longer period of time. So you don't have to extra pay an extra effort remembering. So even if you, let's take the, you know, the Guru Sishya way of learning, right? It was always about practical learning a lot more, right? Because they emphasized on this fact that you learn something in theory but then you practically do it because then you have, it has gone to your, you know, long-term memory, right? which you just, it stays with you for a longer period of time. So that's the way we started, you know, building the notions of whatever kind of interventions we will have in the schools with the children, you know, with these youth as well, and eventually, you know, making them more uh, experiential driven. So activities play a huge role in that, right? So if you're able to build things around that, uh, in fact, uh, the Suchek as a platform that we've been thinking is that entire, it's an experiential learning platform, right? We are saying that, can we extend this now to, more students, levels tech, non-tech, as well as service design, to kind of build this entire, you know, uh, experiential learning platform for children. So, yeah. Got it. It's, it's very, I mean, we can talk about this like Yeah. Uh, so, just to uh, sort of come to the ending part of it, I have three more questions, but uh, yeah. since we have, like, limited time, I thought I'll, I mean, Offline, बहुत सारी बात करेंगे Yeah. So, any any big challenges that you have that you faced or still facing? Is it sort of the government support or the teachers? Uh, maybe it would be just infrastructure. Like, बिजली नहीं थी starting में. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned about parents not sending their children after uh, eighth standard or yeah. maybe eight years के बाद. Yeah. So, like, what are maybe uh, were तो ठीक है history हो गई. आपने आपने काफी कुछ ground cover कर लिया. But अभी क्या challenges हैं? Challenge. So yeah, I think it's a, you know, the challenges, you know, I keep saying that, you know, with every solution comes a new problem, right? So earlier it was you know, access to people have a mobile phone. But when fellows when they started using mobile phones a lot, parents are learning, mobile is a problem, so we'll not give them mobile phones, right? So solution. there was a solution, but then that solution became a problem. And now you have to think of a new problem, right? So this is something which I've realized that when you work at a systemic level, right? Uh, the whole notion of wicked problems, you have to be very mindful of the fact that your solution that you build will never be, you know, as it is after X amount of time. It will always result in new problems. And if you can basically prepare yourself as a designer, as a problem solver for that, and constantly you know, think and design interventions around that, right? So that is something which has been my biggest learning experience of working in this, you know, uh, in this manner for the past 10 years. I also feel that, you know, the challenges, you know, keep changing over a period of time, right? So back in the days, obviously, there were not so many government policies available, no government schemes available. Today, there are a lot more out there, right? Today, there is a, you know, uh, one of the problems that we face is there is a lot of information available, but then, you know, credible information is not available, right? So how do you really make sure that you, that your stakeholders get credible information about you, about your work, and you know, what they should be doing? Also, you know, the fact that, in fact, the biggest problem has always been the lack of... Uh, well-trained resources, right? So while a lot of my energies goes into actually training local resources, 
because that's the only resource who will stay back for long, right? The local resources, because uh, you cannot expect that somebody from a Delhi or a Mumbai, you know, well-trained, you know, well-qualified person will come and work out there, right? So the only best bet that you have is to uh, train the local people in the hope that they stick around because that's their home base, right? They'll stick around for a long period of time and be with you. We've had like a, a good share of people who have been in that bracket. Um, but, you know, getting access to quality people, human resources who are, because, you know, what work that can be done, let's say five hours sometimes requires, you know, 20 hours to get done, right? So it's, you have to really, in the mindset, you have to bring this shift, right? So the hustle culture often sometimes doesn't work there because you are like, you know, I give somebody a task and the expectation is that, okay, in my corporate world, probably this will get done in two hours. But then after two days or three days also, that work is not progressed, right? So that kind of makes you really, in a way, it also makes you very patient because you, you, you develop a lot of patience, right? Because you're literally like, you know, you know that, you know, things will take time. But yeah, access to access to resources in terms of human resources, obviously financial resources always remains a constraint because Bihar as a state doesn't get much of uh, uh, CSR budgets, like uh, donations and CSR budgets. So operation challenge is always there, which is where we have kind of, you know, started to explore setting up the hospital. And I'll talk about that if we have time, we'll probably talk about that briefly as well, right? Yeah, please, please go ahead. Yeah. But uh, the whole idea is that, you know, like um, we want to get uh, trained people. And what we did, I don't know, I think by now you must have already guessed, is... 10 years ago, when we started a fellowship program, we started to invest in the youth, in this youth leadership development programs. And today, when we are building a hospital, when we have the plans to build a college, when we plan to build a paramedical college and a school, all these youth that we have trained eventually get employment in our system. So that way, you know, we've always started doing that, you know, rolling out offers to people who join the hospital that we are setting up. You know, somebody goes into the pharmacy store, someone goes at the reception, someone goes at the nursing, because all these are people whom you have then yourself trained, right? And uh, what we envisioned then, saying that in the future, probably we will have avenues where we can absorb them because they will need jobs. You will need people. So it's a win-win for everybody, right? So you kind of not addressing that need. So yeah, we started working on... Um, uh, sorry, 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 sorry. I'm, like it's so amazing and it feels so organic. It huh. sometimes feels uh, planned, but it's not. And <laughs> it, you, you discover as each passing day. Yeah. But in the end, it just feels like classic finish <laughs> yeah, yeah so so yeah. so so around in 2010 uh, 20 2020 june right i had gone to bihar to you know set the foundations for a school that we were planning to build at that point in time but then you know this is the time when the first wave of covid had just kind of subsided and in fact uh, we had got just got over the first lockdown and i was visiting bihar and i said you know let's in that entire town in the vicinity of that town which serves almost like 5 to 6 lakh people uh, there was not a single ICU bedded hospital, right? And he said, boss, like, you know, again, fast deliveries, same day delivery, 30 minutes, 30 minutes delivery. You know, here you have this place where what if someone something happens and people don't even access to a simple, like a well-bedded, well, well-established hospital. So 2020, June, we started construction. Hopefully in like May, we'll have our inauguration. So in about like less than two years time, we're going to set that up and that's going to go live. Uh, we started with a simple vision that we want to make sure that there is an avenue where People can get good healthcare. For the staff part, we have our fellows who have graduated from programs, get them offers, get them into the system. Uh, and healthcare, obviously, is another area that we have been also you know, diversified apart from our you know, school work that we're doing. So, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's like, as you said, you know, it over the time, it keeps evolving. The system keeps progressing bigger and bigger. But, yeah, I think it's a challenge remains. Obviously, uh, access to funds will remain a challenge. Access to right people will remain a challenge. But then, yeah, I think something on the other end system, you kind of do the efforts and you try. Some things work, some things don't work out, but then you have to keep trying, right? That's what we believe in. Awesome. 
I think I'll put like, is there a donation link or something? Yeah, we have like, you know, it's on our website and all. We have the entire uh, donation that people can end up to. Yes, our our, our uh, you know, uh, web, the bank account details and everything is there on the website. So pretty much open yes, about I'll, that. Yeah. I'll, I'll put that in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So, yeah, uh, then how, how do you manage to sort of, well, I wanted to add actually on the systemic thinking part of it. I was listening to another podcast where they say that the systemic thinking is like, if I have to, and help me understand if the same thinking, right? Yeah. In a house, in a building, you have a water tank, uh, which is on top. Uh, to fill that up, you have one in the bottom. Mm-hmm. To pump up, you need a pump. So you keep that pump. But if that pump fails, you need a backup pump. And what if the electricity goes, so you need a diesel generator. So these sort of layering or, or cascading sort yeah. of systems are systems of systems, which yeah. are traditionally and heavily used in, I think, nuclear plants and other yeah. places. Yeah. So this is how you design a plant. Still, you never know, like a tsunami or an earthquake might just like recently Japan had yeah. another yeah. incident. Yeah. Yeah. So any sort of learnings you had while building these systems in the education space through design? Absolutely. So, you know, uh, it's kind of very interesting that you brought this up because I, you know, being a systems thinking practitioner, you know, I kind of, at every point in time, I always think about whether it's my work at Paytm also, or even at my work at Happy Resins, you know, that we're doing. Like, for example, right, the fact that, you know, when you understand, I mean, you know that, uh, you know, the, uh, the lack of human resources will be a problem eventually, right? So back in the days, we started, you know, this uh, thing about uh, leadership development program. And then we also started to intervene with schools, right? So in the schools, we started to uh, low touch, for example, uh, intervention on teacher training program and doing some one-off workshops. So Project Jigyasa was basically a you know a activity workshop that we do. Like for example, we'll do book designing workshop. We get children to think about uh, you know doing like small small activities around them and things like that. That's a Project Jigyasa, basically arousing the curiosity of children, right? And um, when we started intervening with schools, we sort of understood a lot of other aspects of the schools, right? So, for example, one of the problems that schools face. So, in India, you have the, you know, the, um, the well-to-do government schools. Uh, you have the government schools, which are, you know, run by the government. You have the private schools, which are, you know, good private schools. And then you have the elite private schools, you know, the international schools, you know, or the world school of time. But then you have this major, like a very bulk part of affordable private schools, right? Like they call the APS. Now, APS actually come, they are those schools where a parent who is not very convinced about a government school, but cannot pay a high private school fees. Right? So they'll send their kids to a affordable private school with a monthly fees of about like 800 to 1200 to 1500 fees, monthly fees, right? Now, inside that affordable private schools also, there are schools who do only up to grade eight, like from nursery to grade eight, because after grade eight requires you to get affiliation from CBC or state board or some board. So schools happily run as business models from nursery to grade eight, right? And these schools can never afford a high-end B8 qualified teacher because their economics doesn't work out, right? So you understand notion of economics and stuff like that. A lot of our fellows, when they graduate, they start to intervene in these schools also, right? They start to engage with them. They become faculties out there. So they are obviously getting their economic empowerment. But at the same time, schools also get well-trained resources, right? Because eventually that that's, fits in the system as well. And then that gives us more opportunities because now the schools, when they see these girls performing well, they invite us to do teacher training workshop for the other teachers, right? So then it becomes like a very nice way in which we start to, you know, charge them a little bit money saying that, okay, it's going to cost us to do a training and generate some revenue and things like that. So it's that, you know, that entire relationship that you start to, you know, form, right? And uh, 
somewhere or the other you have to keep finding it, okay if and i you know, as one of the key things in systems thinking is the notion of uh, cause and effect right so when you when you do something you have to understand this will result in certain kind of a effect right? that there could be multiple effects that some a certain cause results in but if you're able to understand those effects and then being able to say that you know, based on these effects uh, this could be a specific intervention that i could do in a specific you know context right so and then you design something around that. so that design could be uh, it could be a workshop it could be a you know, a booklet that you end up giving it could be a edtech platform that you're building it could be you know a fellowship program it could be multiple things right? at the end of the day i personally see this notion of design being applied everywhere brilliant <laughs> sir ek last personal question pe main end karunga haan ji your investments or your sort of engagement seem to be very different uh, it's it's uh, be it suchak uh we at uh, happy horizon trust and other initiatives with the hospital what does your designer within tell you uh, to keep you motivated to do these projects especially handling like a private job also yeah see i think you know um, for me what has been mostly uh, inspiring is the two things that right? one is the fact that we are never short of problems to solve there is like you know there'll always be problems to solve as long as you're open to solving them right uh, you can get fixated with the fact that okay i have this really narrow vision of the world and i'm happy doing that or you can get you know uh, influenced by the world around you and you as a designer because because you're a curious observer you know you will start to observe problems and you might want to do something about it right that something could be different things right so uh, for me that something but is, but, but is, isn't it like matlab designer ko focus bhi chahiye na tum itne problem dekhoge to solve nahi kar main aa raha hu usko main aa raha hu usko main aa raha hu usko exactly ek sawal mere se almost every interaction every meeting ye logon se puchte hain ki yaar kaise itna sara cheez ko dekhte ho manage karte ho so the answer is i don't right like i initially intervene with like you know massive energy initially set the teams up right so one of the things i am a big believer of is to set up teams and you know give them ownership you know to drive and lead things right so we have trust ko dekho so i am a chairperson of the board so i actually interview mera kaam rehta mostly on the finance and the you know basically strategic level like right? the operations mein bilkul involved nahi the entire team in bihar is handling the operation like right? they go from one city to the other you know darbhanga mein start kiya saharsa mein kaam kar rahe the purnia mein kaam kar rahe hain all of this is done by the team in bihar right? so just having initially i remember you know a few years ago this about like 6 7 years ago uh, intervened you know to a very large extent initially and then you're making sure that you have these interventions that you know team can drive the things right so similarly you know whether it's you no know, suchak also there's a team that is driving all of those things you know i am just an investor in suchak right now uh, and then like for example correctable ventures also right it's a platform that we started to invest in startups in bihar again i am just a co-founder but then time to time i do some advisory talks with the startups that are a part of our portfolios but then you know the team really is driving all of those things so i am a big believer of the fact that you need to set up teams you need to know when to delegate you need to know whom you want to give ownership to the things i definitely don't want to do all the work in the world myself i am a person who don't want all the credit for doing all the work in the world i would rather put the entire team in front say the boss ihone pura kaam kiya they deserve all the credit by all means do that right i am probably somebody who loves to see that there's a challenge and a problem taking the first step of having initiated something around it because many people don't do that also right so i mean mm. let me take the first step if we feel that we do that honest thing with it i'm pretty sure we'll get people around that right so i started let's say Bihar Development Collective करके एक initiative start किया था, which was around you know mobilizing all of the non-profits in Bihar, like credible non-profits in Bihar, you know people who studied IIMs and IITs and all those people, so very credible uh, non-profits, uh, you know Acumen Fellow है, Teach for India Fellows है, uh, Gandhi Fellows है, 
So started initially put some energies into that. Now they it's kind of you know running on its own. I'm like no, okay, gap to run to run. I'm going to focus my energies somewhere else. So being able to know as a designer, as you mentioned, that that focus is very critical for me, right? Like I know specifically, yeah, a minute time is going for what thing? Where I'm investing my energies? Uh, these days, for example, a lot of energy is spent in parenting because I have two kids and you know I want to spend time with them. Uh, but the team is driving a lot of things which is there on the ground, right? And uh, hopefully for the hospital also that will be the similar story. Uh, I can already see it happening. Uh, the team being there, you know, to kind of manage things out there as well. But yeah. Superb, superb. Sir, एक philosophical पर प्रश्न पूछ ही लेता हूँ. आ रहा है बहुत ही. आपका patience का definition क्या है अभी? Like, like how do you see patience? हाँ, patience is like you know अगर हो गया तो अच्छा है. नहीं हुआ तो कुछ सीख लिया उसी से, right? So it's like that, right? So I think uh, not giving too much of thought into something that didn't work out. because you know that you would have learned a lot from it right so if you have just put that emphasis on the learning part any effort that you end up putting into anything uh, will give some amount of learning so wo ek uh, frustration rehta hai but mujhe pata hai ki wo wo learning will make will be handy for me at some point in time right so who knew that you know i'll end up here right talking about all these things but that effort was that theek hai humne we went there we met namdeva we spoke for a while and you know just something and something happened in yeah here right so i just feel that uh, that that whatever you do uh it cannot be always black and white some things you do you just you don't get an immediate result um and we have to just be patient around that right so take the learnings of it and then obviously focus energies on something else that learning will come back and be somewhere or the future yeah yeah and if i have to be a little poetic uh, we can end with like kabir saying dheere dheere mana dheere sab kuch hoye mali siche so gada रुत आए तब फल होए सो या आई मीन डेफिनेटली ऑल ऑल द पावर टू यू टू हैप्पी होराइजन एंड लॉट ऑफ स्टफ लुकिंग फॉरवर्ड टू वर्कआउट एज यू इनविजन एज यू प्लान और एज यू अनफोल्ड ऑसम दिस इज ग्रेट टॉकिंग टू यूर आनंद रियल प्लेजर टॉकिंग टू यू एंड नोइंग द काइंड ऑफ स्टफ दैट यू हैव डन ऑसम Thank you so much. Thank you, Kedar. Thank you, everyone. Yeah. Yes, Happy Horizons turning ten this year yeah. and releasing yeah. on. I I think it's a brilliant coincidence. It's, it's just <laughs> for me. It's, for for me, it's also unfolding of yeah, the yeah. good stuff that I'm trying to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Thank you so much. And that's it from today's Gyan session. For show notes and more Gyan, visit audiogyan.com. If you like this podcast, please don't forget to check our other interesting podcast on IVM Network. You can listen to us on IVM Podcast app, ivmpodcast.com, or any of your favorite podcasting apps. To stay tuned, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at IVM Podcast. And if you wish to connect with me, I am at Audio Gan Moments on Instagram. Until then, take care.